All right. Hey, today it's good to be with you guys. And uh, as we always do around here, we want to pray today for another work of God. Uh, today, we, I, I want us to step outside of our community, even out of our state. And, and I want us to go to the great state of Colorado. And I want us to pray today for a friend of this house, uh, Pastor Brandon Cormier. Pastor Brandon and uh, his wife, Octavia, uh, have launched a new church called Zeal Church there in Colorado Springs. So if you're in the Colorado Springs area and you're looking for a great church, I'm telling you, you look for a pastor that is on fire, lit, Pastor Brandon Cormier, my friend at Zeal Church. And and the reason I want to pray, he sent me an incredible box of new Zeal Church swag this week. Now listen, a preacher loves it when he gets some church swag. Uh, in fact, I'm wearing the bracelet right now, Pastor Brandon, Zeal Church. I love what they have on, on this bracelet. It says, live with zeal. I love that. Live with zeal. And so Pastor Brandon has, has forever been a, a blessing to, to this house here at 1910 Church and has poured into our student ministry on several different uh, occasions and in different environments. And so today, it is with great joy and honor, I want us to pray for Pastor Brandon Cormier and the launching of, of Zeal Church. Let's just pray right now. Father, thank you so much for, for what you're doing. You're a God that is on the move not only here in the hill country, but in the Rocky Mountains as well. God, we thank you for Pastor Brandon and Pastor Octavia Cormier and their family. God, thank you for this vision you have planted in them. You've you've birthed within them for this new church, Zeal Church. God, it is an honor for us today to pray for them and to partner with them as they launch this new move of the spirit there in Colorado Springs. God, we pray nothing but your very best. I pray that you would provide in in every situation more than enough. I pray that more than enough right now for Zeal Church. God, that they would have an overabundance of things, people, finances, love, enthusiasm. Lord, just provide for them in incredible ways. That's what you do, Lord. You're you're so good at doing far more than we could ever dream or ask. You do more than we could ever wrap our minds around. And so today I'm praying that for my friends and family gathered at Zeal Church. I thank you for Pastor Brandon Cormier for his love for you. Lord, I thank you for his desire to see all men and women come to know you as Savior and to live a life that they were created for. And so today, Father, I'm asking that you would provide and do a great and awesome work for this new ministry launching there in Colorado Springs. Holy Spirit, thank you for being with us here today. I pray that you have already experienced him in your venue this morning. I thank you for Pastor Chach and, and our worship team, God, that led us today. And thank you for your presence with us. Lord, I'm reminded in this moment that technology doesn't limit you're moving and you're working in people's lives. <laughs> you are a God of technology. You, you can work through Zoom. You work through live streaming, whatever it is, God. Lord, there is nothing that's going to stop you from doing what you want to do. And so, Father, we pray that just as we sang, we'd make room for you to come and do what you want to do today. And may you receive all the glory, honor, and praise for it. Father, today it's with sad hearts that we want to lift up those that were Um, affected by the accident here in our area just yesterday. Uh, For those brothers that lost their lives, those that were injured with 
the thin blue line motorcade. God, I'm asking that you would just surround their families right now in those departments. Father, we thank you for our law enforcement. We thank you for those first responders. And God, today our hearts hurt for them and with them. God, I'm asking you to bring beauty from this. That somehow, God, you would take what seems so ugly and it's painful and hurtful. God, we're going to trust you to do something good as a result of it. Thank you for this community that's going to rally around our officers and support them during this time. But God, be very near and dear to their families right now. We need you, Jesus. In fact, just say that right now. Just put out your hands right now because I know all of us, we're in need of something today. Some of you today just need an answer to a question that you have. Some of you right now may be facing some medical or health issue and you need Jesus. Some of you right now, maybe you're just lonely. You're hurting. Maybe your view of you is not God's view of you and you need a proper perspective today. Whatever it is right now, just put your hands out right where you're at. It's okay. He's with you and he hears you. Just let him know the desires of your heart. Just tell him right now. Just ask him to come and do what he can do. Holy Spirit, meet us in this moment. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Well, it's good to be with you today. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to jump right into a passage of Scripture today. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. I want to begin reading in verse 31. It says this, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his, at his right hand and the goats at his left. <clears throat> then the king will, will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and, and, and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. 
and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Hey, would you agree with me that these are some crazy and confusing times in which we are living in? I mean, I go back and I, I keep looking back and see the last few months. And, and on March the 12th, March the 13th, we were just coming off of spring break here in, in the Bernie area. And, and, and we made the announcement that, hey, we're going to pause. We're, gonna, we're not going to meet on campus for a week or two. We're going to wait and see how things played out. And now months later, we are still in this These are some crazy and confusing times. And I don't know about you, but I have tried to figure it out. I've tried to get ahead of the curve. I've tried to make sense of what's happening. But but with all the reports coming out and the data that's daily changing and numbers that are that are here or really not here, maybe they're down. I don't know. It's just hard and confusing, is it not? Have you tried to wrestle with all this and trying to wrap your mind around what we're dealing with? And not with just a virus, but with unrest, with with people being treated unfairly, with, with lack of respect for those in authority. I mean, these are just some jacked up days in which we find ourselves living in. Are they not? It's crazy. And I've been asking myself this question, what is next? What, what, what's next? Can, can it get even worse? I'm at a local, local supermarket this weekend and, and I give them some, 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 some dollar bills and, and I don't get any change back. I'm going, what? Are you kidding me? Where's my change? These are some crazy times in which we find ourselves living in. We live in an upside down, broken world right now. And if we're not careful, we will drive ourselves crazy trying to figure it out. But here's what I do know in the midst of the craziness and the brokenness and and just the inverted culture that we're in right now. Jesus is still in control. Doesn't look like it sometimes, I know. But I do know this, that one day he will return. And what's broken, what's inverted, what's jacked up, he is going to set it all back in place. He's going to make things right. Hallelujah. That that is what I'm hanging on to. That when I can make sense of it, I trust the king. And he knows exactly how things are going to unfold. He's going to make it right. Trust that. Hang on to that promise and that truth of who he is. But what are we to do until that day? What are we to do in in this moment that we find ourselves living in? More importantly, the question is, what about us as the church, the blood-bought, the redeemed, those of us that have said yes, those of us that have been set free and, and restored, those of us that have been transformed, what are we to be about in these days in which we find ourselves living in? Well, I can tell you this. I believe that we as a church have an incredible opportunity in front of us to advance the kingdom of God. In fact, for the last several weeks this summer, we've been challenging you in this summer of love to live out the things that Jesus would live out, to love as he would, to demonstrate kindness, to listen to people. We've been talking about all of these things. I believe that we have an incredible opportunity as the church to advance the kingdom of God. And then listen, I'm not just talking about 
evangelism. Yes, that's important. In fact, I, I would just encourage you in, in, in a world of confusion and, and not knowing what tomorrow's going to look like, I would just challenge it. Do you know Jesus? I, I'm telling you, I, the, the, the times seem to be leading up to his return. I believe they're nearer now than ever before. I sure hope that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I pray that you've said yes to Jesus. I pray that you've asked him to come in and forgive you of your sins and say, Jesus, I want you to be not only my Savior, but Lord of my life. I want to live for you. I'm telling you, in these desperate days and times, I pray that you have Jesus. Evangelism is important for us as the church. Discipleship is a big deal to us. Making disciples, helping people become mature, obedient followers of Jesus, understanding our gifts and, 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 and our abilities. All of those things are important for us as the church. Remembering our purpose of finding and restoring all of that. But I'm telling you, there's something that I believe is equally and is of greater importance in this day and time in which we find ourselves living in. And it's this topic of justice. Justice. We hear daily, it seems like, about so many social injustices rampant in our culture. From racial inequality um, to, to child trafficking. I mean, it just seems like there's so much injustice happening all around us. Justice. An incredible opportunity for us as a church to step into what I believe we're called to be about. What is justice? Justice, when you look it up in the dictionary, simply means this, right behavior and treatment. Right behavior and treatment. I love how Pastor Tim Keller in his book, Generous Justice, kind of gives us this umbrella definition of what justice is. He says this, justice is giving people what they deserve. Now, now, now ju justice oftentimes has this negative connotation, right? It, it has this bad, bad connotation when you think about justice, right? Bad things happen and, and bad people deserve justice when they've committed acts or crimes or things that, that are bad and ill and, 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 and illegal, right? We understand justice from that component, but justice also has a good side to that. You see, justice is, is giving people what they deserve. And so, yes, bad people need to be punished for the bad things they do. But listen, people should also receive the good things that are due to them as well. That, that, that people deserve justice that's good. You know, justice in its simplest form, it means to set things right. How do we know what's right? Who, who are we to, to look to? Who, who defines right in the culture? And is, is, is it what culture says? Is it what the majority says? Are we to listen to what the media says is, is right? And, and, and this is how justice is demonstrated. It's just confusing these days, but I have an answer for you. There is someone that is our plumb line when it comes to this topic of justice. There is someone that we look to that is just. It's God, the Father. God is just. In fact, that's part of his character. That's part of his nature. God is just. He's always just. He will never be unjust. It would go against his nature. It would go against his character. And the Bible defines him as, I believe, the plumb line. 
He is the litmus test when it comes to this topic of justice. If God is just, God's people should also be. In fact, I believe that as God's people, we should be about the things that God is about. Would you agree with that? And justice is at the very heartbeat of who God is. Giving people what they deserve. Setting things right. Right behavior and treatment. That is who God is. Is. Now, understand something when it comes to this topic of justice. This is so important. Justice doesn't save you. Just being good to people and treating people right and, and acting right, that does not save you. It's the shed blood of Jesus that saves the person. Amen? Justice doesn't save you. But the question I have for us today is, can we truly be saved and not do justice. Can can you really say that I'm a follower of God who is just, I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm a disciple of his, I'm being, can we truly say that we are, are, are belong to him and not be people who practice and demonstrate justice? James chapter one, verse 22 would tell us this. Don't just listen to God's word. You must what? Do what it says. Don't don't just listen and know what God's word says. Hey, listen, you must act. You must do something in response to what you read about in the cover of the Bible. When, When you look at the life of Jesus and see what he's about, listen, if you follow him, that means you do what Jesus would do. Justice doesn't save a person. But I question how you can truly be saved and not treat people the right way. I question how you can truly be saved and a follower of Jesus and not act rightly. Rightly, not based on what culture says or even what your preacher says, but rightly and treat people the way that scripture tells us to. You know, this idea of justice, this word justice is mentioned more in the Bible than compassion and mercy. And when we talk about justice today, we're not simply talking about having pity on someone. I'm not talking about just, just a check that you write to an organization or, 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 or a movement that you believe in. I, I, I'm ta- no, no, justice goes much deeper than that. When, when we talk about biblical justice, listen, we are to care about, we are to be on mission to the people in our society that are the most vulnerable. We shouldn't just feel pity for them. We shouldn't just, our heart hurt for what they, no, no, no. We we as the church, those who have been the recipients of God's great love, those who say we follow Jesus, listen, listen, we should care about, we should be on a mission. You know, when you're on a mission, you're looking for something. There's an objective. There is something that you're setting out to accomplish and do. You see, church, that's what we're to be about during this summer of love, during this time of Social injustices all around us. We we, we should be looking for those opportunities that we can step into situations and treat people rightly. Our behavior should be right. How do you get there? How do we get started living that type of life? Well, I believe you have to start 
where God starts. And you know where God starts? He starts with his view of us as people. Listen, human life is created by God and is precious to him. And that is all human life. It is all created. We have all been created, Genesis says, in the image of God. I'm talking about those of us that are walking, talking, living, breathing outside the womb today. And I'm even talking about those inside the womb. Created by God, valuable, precious to him. Every human life is of worth and significance to him. That's where we have to start if we're ever gonna be people that demonstrate and practice justice. And I'm telling you, I know that you can get bent out of shape on what you see happening around us and frustrated. I I do as well sometimes, okay? But this is not a season. This, This doesn't give us a pass to continue to walk past people that are poor. This is not a a season for us to, to forget the immigrant. Those, as it says in Matthew chapter 25, those that are even incarcerated, those people that are sick, those people that look differently than us. Listen, church, it is time for us to stay missionary minded, to see people regardless of what they look like or regardless of what situation they're in, we need to see people and value people the way God does. Human life means a great deal to him. Why do I know that? Well, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That says it all right there. If I'm a believer and a follower of Jesus, I'm gonna go hard after the things that he goes hard after. Justice. Justice. Now listen real quickly some things on justice because we've got a role and you've got to get back to, to whatever you're doing, right? And I know your kids are running crazy like a bunch of banshees right now, but hang in there with me. When we talk about justice, when we talk about rescuing people from their situation and, and, and setting them free, listen, that, that has spiritual and social implications. The hot topic right now is social injustice and running those situations. But I'm telling you, man, I believe the times we live in also demand biblical justice. Listen, I'm not interested necessarily in just giving a man a, a sandwich for the day to meet his hunger need. Man, listen, there's an eternal need that every human being has that, that ought to drive us forward as the church as well. Can you say amen with me right now? Listen, rescuing people and setting them free has, has and we've got to start with God and how he views the most vulnerable. And let me just give you a history lesson real quick. Go back to the book of Exodus, the second book in the Bible. And what you will find is God answering Hebrew slaves that are in bondage. They're in a crisis. And what you're going to find is God establishes a covenant with them. And, 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 and God wanted them to be set free. And you find that in Exodus, but all throughout the rest of the Bible, it's about God rescuing people, setting them free. You see, that's God's way of pointing us towards what every man and woman, boy and girl needs, and that's salvation. It's rescuing us. 
And as Christians, we, we, we say we follow the one. Look what he said in Luke chapter four. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and that the blind will see that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. That's who we follow. That's what he did. He ran to the most vulnerable, releasing them, rescuing them, setting them free, healing them. Shame on us to determine who gets that from us. That's sin. Every human being is worthy of that. When I think about justice, it's that, that, that's who Jesus was. That's the way that Jesus lived. Let me just remind you about Jesus's life. A little history lesson there in Jesus's history. He was born into poverty. In fact, you remember when Jesus was born, King Herod had issued this decree that all the poor babies were to be what? Yeah, they were to be killed. They were to be murdered. And so what we find is Jesus and his family were refugees. Yeah, They had to leave their hometown. They had to get away from from where they were. Jesus was one of the vulnerable of his day and time. And I can't help but think that that was a reminder to him as he grew up. And as he set out to do his ministry here on earth, he knew that he came from the most vulnerable. And that's why his heart was always softened towards those that were hurting in culture, in society. In fact, in Matthew chapter nine, it says that Jesus would go through all the villages and towns, teaching in their synagogues, healing every sickness and disease. He would demonstrate compassion on them. Why? Because it says they were like sheep without a shepherd. They needed someone. When you read about the life of Jesus, you find him stepping into those most vulnerable situations. In fact, his self-professed mission was this in John chapter 10. He said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. You see, Jesus connected with those that were vulnerable. He was especially mindful of the poor in his culture. And as he alluded to in Matthew chapter 25, those that were incarcerated, those that were sick, those that were naked and so on. I'm gonna take it a step further today before I let you go. Because not only is this word justice a big deal for us who say we belong to Jesus, but, 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 but there's another word that we get in the Hebrew from the Hebrew word tezdek. Tezdek is we get another English word, righteousness. Now, last week we looked at that a little bit, but, but, but righteousness comes from this same Hebrew word that we find the word justice. And in fact, in scripture, specifically in Matthew chapter six, the gifts that we give, the things that we do to those who are poor, Jesus calls those acts of righteousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we, when we give to the poor, that's what he's referring to in Matthew chapter 25 as well. Lord, when did we see you? And when did we do these things? When you did it to the least of these, when you gave to the poor, when you gave them something to drink, when you helped those that were down and out. Listen, that in God's economy is called an act of righteousness. So, so let me just kind of mess you up. So, so if I don't give generously, if I don't respond, would, would that be, then be considered unrighteousness? 
If I see someone that's vulnerable and, 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 and I not respond to that need, could that be considered sinful? Not giving somebody the right treatment or the behavior or behaving rightly or the right treatment that they could, could that maybe be considered a violation of God's law when he's called us to act righteously, to demonstrate justice? It's interesting to me in the Old Testament book of Job, in Job chapters 29 and 31, Job begins to make a list of these things that God inquires of his relationship with others. And there's a time in in that book of Job where, where Job is considering food and fleece and not demonstrating and giving that to others. And Job says, and he says, man, listen, that is a violation of God's law. When I have something to give someone, but yet I don't. That's unrighteousness. And it goes against who God was and what he has set out for us to do. And as you read through the book of Job, he he would call every failure to help the poor. He would call that a sin. It's offensive to God's splendor. Hmm. So how will we respond How will we respond to the injustices around us? What are we going to do with this this biblical mandate that we find to demonstrate and show justice? Will will we be people who, who immerse ourselves into these acts of righteousness? Will we look for those in need and vulnerable around us? And will we do something to meet that need? Will, will we give generously to people? that we come in contact with. And here's the closing challenge for you today. Let's not just be compassionate, but let's be people that do the work of Jesus. That's all I'm asking. I wanna challenge you to read about Jesus and how he responded to people that were down and out, treated unfairly, caught in sin, a different ethnicity, people who were sick. How did Jesus respond to those situations? And that's what I'm asking you to be about as well. Church, let's do the work of Jesus. Let's do the work of Jesus. Let's meet someone's need. Let's let's step into their pain. Let's set someone free from bondage. So here's your love and action challenge for you this week. When it comes to justice and righteousness, is there a cause to embrace? Is there a financial need to support? Is there a person to set free from bondage. Father, I wanna thank you for that reminder today in your word about how we are to respond to the injustices around us. And God, I'm praying that you would give us the right perspective, that all human life means a great deal to you, everyone. Father, thank you for the reminder through 
through the the through through Jesus's life on on how we are to respond to people that we see that are in need around us, those who are being being treated unfairly. Lord, they need justice. They deserve better than what we see happening. And Father, I pray that you would use us, your church, to treat them the right way and to fight for them and to lift them up. And Father, for the poor and the downcast and those that are in need, Father, would you help us identify ways that we can demonstrate acts of righteousness? Let us not just have pity. Let us not just be concerned. God, I pray that this would drive us to action, that we would be doers of the word, not hearers only. It's not for us to be puffed up and and for a church name to be waved. No, no, no. This is all about you and you receiving all the glory, honor, and praise. Father, use us this week to demonstrate justice and righteousness in our world. It is needed. Hey, today, if we can pray with you about anything you're facing, I want to encourage you to do something. If we can pray maybe about salvation, and I mentioned earlier, maybe there's a need you're dealing with. Maybe, maybe you've got some sort of situation that you need an act of righteousness or justice demonstrate. Hey, listen, I want you to do something. I want you to text the word PRAY1910 to the number 97,000. Text that to us right now, and, 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 and we're going to have somebody give you a phone call within minutes and follow up with you. We, we take this serious. How can we help you? How can we step into your situation with the power of the Holy Spirit and the love of Jesus? How can we help you? Text PRAY1910 to the number 97,000. Hey, this week, let's demonstrate justice and acts of righteousness. Hey, I love you guys. I miss seeing you, but I can't wait till we're reunited again. Have a blessed day. We'll see you soon.